you know, so if I sit them on an aquatic bench in the water, their feet most likely will just pop right up. Yeah. They, they don't know how to get them back down. So I have to teach them how to sit and stand. But that sit stand translates to sit standing out of their chair, transferring with help if they're at that point where they have caregivers. Mm-hmm. I can get them strong enough to caregivers, they can help the caregivers and and become more independent. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these people will never be independent again, but they can keep they can be more independent. This episode of the Smart Athlete Podcast is brought to you by Solpre, skincare for athletes. Whether you're in the gym, on the mats, on the road, or in the pool, we protect your skin so you're more comfortable in your own body. To learn more, go to soulpre.com. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funk. Today, my guest is an NASM certified personal trainer, but more importantly, she actually has a lot of special certifications and kind of a special things she does. She's certified in aquatic rehabilitation. She's certified aqua Pilates instructor, and she is the creator of Water is the New Gym. Welcome to the show, Debbie Booth. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for making time for me, Debbie. I know it's been like a it's been a back and forth trying to figure out both of our schedules because you're busy doing your thing, and then I'm busy doing my own thing. So it's I I'm always very appreciative when people make the time to sit and chat with me. Well, I'm really flattered that you um, asked me to be on the show. It was a huge surprise, and um, thank you. Well, I you know the thing is like uh, I sometimes am looking, and I also have an assistant help me look for people and i you know you like we've talked about before the show started not the best at social media and i'm not either but i'm looking for people that are doing kind of unique and noteworthy things that are you know both physical in nature but also very intelligent so like it it, you know uh i'll say like aquatic rehabilitation isn't necessarily unique to you but it does seem like you've taken it and made it your own thing so it was definitely like a you know, I, I really want to talk to you and see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So okay. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about your office here. You were telling me you're finally putting your office back together. You've got your, uh, you've got your anatomy guy there behind you mm-hmm. and then you're hiding um, all your certifications and your shelf uh, behind you. <laughs> I, um, I just did a huge home remodel. So my office kind of became my catch-all and I could kind of just get in and get out of it. That was about it. Um, I did a lot of work from my bedroom for months while my whole house was being reconstructed. So um, I'm back at my office. It is a little messy, so hopefully you can only see the top, not the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, I have my, I have my normal, you know, fitness things in my office, you know, exercise bands and a fitness ball and my guy on the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, um, which I love because it just kind of helps me refresh because one of the, you know, the main thing I do really with water in the new water is the new gym is um, take land exercise and put it to water and put it back. So, right. you know, like the while there really um, sometimes helps when I have people complaining about specific things and I don't have to go looking through a book. I can go to him. I should name him. Oh, yeah. Do that. Yeah. That'd <laughs> be kind of fun. But, yeah, I know anytime I'm injured, I'm always like, I think about where the pain is and then I'm like looking up anatomical models and I'm like, oh, I need to figure out like specifically what the issue is, not just like something in my calf hurts. It's no longer like this particular 
you know, this particular muscle group is the issue so I can actually target it. And then, I mean, that's obviously a big part of what you do. I mean, as a professional is probably in a more professional capacity than my like <laughs> layman's Googling, you know, trying to figure out my own problem, but, you know, helping your, your clients kind of get back on their feet. So, uh, you gave me the run through before the show, but for the show, uh, kind of give me the run through of what is Waters a New Gym? What what are you doing there? So um, basically, what I do, I, my background, I'm an athlete. I've been an athlete my whole life, um, and I've had my own set of injuries. So that's really what led me to the water. Um, I had ruptured a disc when I was 35 from um, playing in a batting cage with um, my nieces and nephews. And my own kids. So that's kind of what spurred it. I had surgery, had a had a doctor, a neurosurgeon, renowned neurosurgeon from Johns Hopkins Hospital, tell me um, that I didn't need physical therapy after surgery, that I could just go back to my life. What he saw when he looked at me was a young, fit athlete. I didn't require any special treatment. What mm -hmm. really happened was I went back to the gym, tried to go back to my routine, um, which was pretty heavy in golf, volleyball, aerobics, weightlifting, you know, parenting. Yeah, right. I had young and um, kept um, heading right back into that pain cycle. And I, and I couldn't get out and the pain was excruciating. So I finally found my own people and the therapist ordered me out of the gym, which was painful to be told you can't go to the gym anymore. Yeah. Um, but it was the best thing that happened. And I ended up in a pool. So I could only do aquatic exercise um, for months and months and months and months until I was strong enough and was out of that pain cycle far enough that I could go back to the gym and start doing, you know, actual gym exercises. That's how I got into this realm. And that would be 20 years ago, 21 years ago. Did you have so, anybody to, to guide you in the pool or were you kind of on your own? I was kind of on my own. And um, the Aquatic Rehabilitation Institute um, really was just establishing themselves. The pioneers in this industry were just starting out. Mm -hmm. So um, it, was, it was pretty new here in the U.S., so it was kind of cool. So I kind of grown up with this industry. And then, um, you know, for years following, I coached. I, I've, um, I coached the cross, started some of the cross programs in different states and um, had injured athletes, worked with them, um, a lot of knee injuries, shin splints, things like that. So I've had to keep abreast of land and aquatic to, to keep them on the field. Can't have your, you know, ace player injured. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got to keep them going. So that's that's really where it was born from. And then um, now a lot of my population is fifty and older, and um, there are a lot of surgical patients. So or masters athletes that are injured, mm -hmm. and, um, or looking to limit their land training and train in the water more. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of two ways to go. Some people think if you're injured, you go right into the pool and, um, and you know, it's for old people and injured people, but there are also a ton of athletes using the pool as well as our military using mm -hmm. the pool to train so that their athletes and military personnel are not so beat up from land. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 
Um, mm. I myself cross trained to run half marathons in the pool. So I ran more in the pool than I did on land and had my most amazing years when I was doing it that way. Where are you um, actually using like an underwater treadmill or are you aqua jogging? Now, aqua jogging, tethering to the wall. Okay. I wish I, my dream is to have that Hydroworks underwater pool. <laughs> On my website, I ran in that pool in California when I did mm -hmm. the Logics master training certification. And let me tell you what, I was sweating 30 minutes after I was done. I was dressed and still sweating. <laughs> it was rough. It was really hard. But it was also amazing. I also, on that, in, I think in the website, I'm sure there's a, a gentleman who couldn't walk. He was wheelchair bound and we put weights on his legs and he was able to walk with that treadmill independently. Yeah. I mean, those machines are really cool, but they're, you know, as you know, they're pretty cost prohibitive for the vast majority of, I'll say, gym owners or like, because they're so specialized too. It's like almost, almost just like a hospital type item um kind of like the I, there are more of these but like the zero g treadmill i'm sure you've seen that as well that it, it has like a skirt that goes around you and essentially holds you up so you, you know you're not putting as much weight on the on the treadmill that there i don't know how much the, the aqua treadmills are but i know the zero g's are somewhere around like 20 grand uh, a machine something like that it, for such a specialized piece of equipment you got to have a lot of gym patrons to, to justify that. Right. Well, in the aqua world, they have individual aqua tanks that mm -hmm. have treadmills. So it's kind of like that zero G gravity one, but then there's also pools. So HydroWorks oh, okay. builds pools where the entire bottom moves and the bottom of the pool comes up to, um, to deck surface. So you can roll somebody in, in a wheelchair. Okay. And there's rails and they can stand up and lower the treadmill down and they can literally walk. And we use equipment to get somebody who's neurologically impaired to feel their feet. Okay. So, for example, my quadriplegic lady, I tried to send you a video of her so you could see her. She's really pretty amazing. Um, she, um, I weight her feet. So she has braces and wears full tennis shoes on her feet. The braces mm -hmm. are into her shoes. <clears throat> then I put five pounds on each leg. Now she knows where her feet are. So she can stand up and she hangs on to me and she can walk and goes to the side of the pool. We'll put her back to the pool and do, we'll march. We'll use the pool for support and march, um, do various um, core exercises both with her back to the wall and facing the wall. Because mm -hmm. we fashioned her, she has a rail on the inside of her pool that she's able to use. Um, and her family is just amazed that she can, she can do any of these things. And for her, she has a tracheotomy. So she's, she's breathing through a very, it's about the diameter of a pencil. So she's non-speaking. Mm -hmm. To merge her. Um, She's she's limited mobility hand wise, but we've been able to modify some equipment and she can stay fit. So she had a serious bout of um, pneumonia back in December and she survived it. And she's doing much better now. So it's 
it's really incredible for her. It's like she, otherwise she's on her back or in a chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Well, it kind of makes me wonder, and is this isn't really something that you know, and they kind of, I guess it shows you a little bit the selfish nature of people, but like, I kind of wonder now, given what you've said, I've never really thought about because I'm able bodied, I've never really thought about this, but like, in your experience, how often are we basically labeling somebody as? paraplegic or quadriplegic when actually they have some mobility in the in their limbs but they just don't have enough strength or mobility to you know move about on land i guess correct so when you take gravity away which is what the water does Mm -hmm. so if you're submerged waist deep you lose 50 percent of your gravity so take somebody um i mean we'll go to the illness side first so take somebody obese Take somebody with um, severe low back pain, um, hip knee pain, um, scoliosis, um, MS, Parkinson's, you know, balance disorder, neurologically disordered people, put them in the water. Now they don't have gravity and they have the support of the water. So they have something kind of helping them hold up, mm-hmm. you know, stand up. And then you can get them moving. And it's such a weird sensation for them because it's, the water is backwards to land. You know, if you fall down on land, you just stand up. When you fall down in the water, you will float up. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's not very strong, that's one thing we have to watch is, you know, their limbs will just float right up. <laughs> and yeah. it's kind of freaky. You know, so if I sit them on an aquatic bench in the water, their feet most likely will just pop right up. Yeah. They, they don't know how to get them back down. So I have to teach them how to sit and stand. But that sit-stand translates to sit standing out of their chair, transferring with help if they're at that point where they have caregivers. Mm-hmm. I can't get them strong enough. The caregivers, they can help the caregivers and, and become more independent. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these people will never be independent again, but they can keep, they can be more independent. The other biggest thing I see with the water is um that the hydrostatic pressure in the water changes blood flow through the body. Okay. So your heart rate drops 15 to 17 beats a minute. So if you have a heart condition or like in case of obesity, um, your heart slows down, but the blood is pumping more efficiently because the water, the pressure of the water is pushing it from your feet all the way through heart, lungs, brain. So I have, um, a couple, one major stroke victim, I had more, but one I'm still working with, and a couple um, just TBI um, incidences, Um, and cognitive decline, and that changes in the water over time. Because of the increased blood flow. Because of blood flows. So like when you see somebody with poor circulation, they might have ashen, kind of grayish skin. Mm -hmm. They're kind of not always with you, you know, you talk to them and they kind of float off, you know, and I get them to refocus and pay attention. Mm-hmm. I, I have some that that's the role <laughs> is the cognitive part of it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's really amazing. And um, changes happen and they happen pretty rapidly. So it's, it's, it's amazing because everybody's different. Then I go to my, you know, hip lady who had hip surgery and released from therapy comes to me. 
and we just get her up and rocking and rolling so she can live her life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it runs the gamut. You know, my athlete who, you know, um, had knee surgery and she's back out playing the college across now. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy. Or just the person that wants to train, like I said, um, and doesn't want to train as hard on land. Because maybe then, you know, they're already feeling it. You know, who knows? It's cool. You go and look and see how many um, colleges, universities, or how many universities, and like I said, the military are putting pools in to keep their athletes healthy. Plus, professional sports. Yeah. I, I should send you that. Cool. Um, I mean, so most of your most of your clients are, I'll say, older or uh, have some kind of uh, debilitating issue that makes movement tough. Correct? That's who you mostly work with. Um, that's a lot of my population. So I'm okay. pretty much specialized. On I work in a facility. You have to be 50 or married to somebody 50 years old. Okay. However, <laughs> I will say this. Our facility has more masters athletes than mm-hmm. most. So we run senior Olympics out of our facility. Okay. So we have the gamut of people. So what happens by the time, this is what I've noticed, by the time somebody gets to be in their 50s, which I'll admit I'm there, um, we've been doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. So now we have repetitive strain issues. Mm-hmm. And then, then you know, they're they're playing their sport, and they're finding that they're compensating, and then they start breaking down and realize they gotta fix it, you know. And then, quite honestly, we're in a society that you know people are 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 in for the quick fix. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you can replace my knee, great. Oh, it's only gonna be six weeks, great. Well, that's not really how it goes. And once they get caught, they realize that oh. Well, it's six weeks until I can do this, but I'm still not back where I need to be. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, orthopedic surgery has come a long way, but for not for everybody, it's not it, it's not a good outcome. Or um, they don't go in strong. I don't know if that's making any sense. But I have a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah. Are headed for surgery, and they come to me first and then go to surgery and then come back to me after therapy and their outcomes are incredible but in strong good blood flow good muscle come back and they're out running again biking Mm -hmm. biking, you know i work with a lot of motivated people that are not going to sit on the sideline Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh no no i'm traveling i'm and that's what's cool about what i do yeah I was just thinking about it, so it, since you're helping people that have, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of I guess a mobility limitation. Mm-hmm. So for one reason or another, like if there's any good examples that come to mind um, of of kind of like big turnaround stories or like people that really like inspired you, how how it worked out. I know, I guess I think about um, my own grandfather who passed away last year, and he. He had mobility issues with just one of his legs. He'd get around, but it was it was tough. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what um, what was his his problem. I know it was like a lifelong thing for him. Um, but then um, it makes me wonder, like, if he had had you to help him, like, could it have been better? Or 
you know, and, and he needed help from from my grandmother to get around just the house before he passed. And, and so it, yeah, I, I know from at least my own personal imagination of that scenario, how impactful that could be. So I'm just curious if you have any stories you could share of situations like that. So I have a couple that I have two specific that come to mind right now, two in the water and one on land, actually, because I, I also do just land training for mm-hmm. people. So anyways, um, I have a, a woman came to me after bariatric surgery. She came into my class, walked into my class, introduced myself, talked to her. She burst into tears. This happens all the time. Um, turns out, like I said, she had bariatric surgery, struggling to recover from that. She had the bariatric and a bunch of um, EMS. Uh, I lost. I lost you for a minute, Debbie. Can you oh. go back like a phrase or two? <laughs> oh, okay. So I have a, a woman. Her name is Suzanne, and um, she uh, um, came to me after bariatric surgery. She came into one of my group classes. And um, just kind of fell apart on me. So I got her whole history. What had happened was her bariatric surgery happened because she actually shattered her femur. Okay. Uh, not long before that, she fell down an embankment. And paramedics could not get her up the embankment because of her weight. And she couldn't assist them because of the severity of the shatter. Right. Of leg. And she was in excruciating pain. So she had surgery, they put her back together, and they put her in a rehab center. So now she's surrounded by people much, much older than her. So she was 60 at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, bariatric surgery, she's with me. She wants to start swimming again. She used to be a swimmer. Um, her goal was to be a lifeguard where I worked. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we worked together, worked together, worked together. Got her swimming. She got her life gunning cert. Did that. Um, went on just and I'll cut that story super short. She just went on to compete in her first masters swim events. So she competed in six swimming events just in August. That's great. Pretty awesome. So yep, she's one of them. Another. Um, I have a gentleman who's had three strokes. Um, had a hip replacement, knee replacement. He's a retired uh, Major League Baseball umpire. Okay. He actually stroked on the field. Um, he has major visual disturbances and um, terrible, terrible vertigo. So he came to me um, out of therapy. He could not, um, they call it cornering. He couldn't walk around a corner. If he went to turn a corner, he would fall over. And they were worried about him breaking another hip. So he was dependent on a walker. He could not drive. So what, then, do you do you know what causes that? Like what? That like, he couldn't corner. Right, that he couldn't corner. Like what but was it? Just his sense of balance, or? Yeah, it was balance and his visual disturbances. Okay, okay. And on um, vertigo. So it's a combination of a lot of things. Medications were a lot of it. So he wasn't safe. Like he wasn't safe to drive, and he wanted to drive. That was his goal. He wanted to be able to go back to a baseball game with his umpire buddies and watch a game, um, go to a Michigan University of Michigan football game. That was his goal. You know, his goal was to be able to play with his grandchildren. So it was simple goals. So he did not want to get in the water. Let me tell you, 
who wouldn't talk to me at first. He <laughs> 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 was forced, but he was one of these. So the cognitive problems from a stroke were very, very evident. Mm-hmm. His skin was ashen. He was he he was in bad bad shape. So we got him driving. We got him being able to walk up and down stairs, balance. Um, we would play basketball in the water. I had coordination, got all mm-hmm. that done. Um, mm-hmm. Did a lot of strengthening, um, stamina, endurance. He had no endurance. Um, when he first came to me, he, it was a struggle for him to tell me a story. He would just trail off. Now he's like, I'm point. Bam, bam, bam. Um, but he drives. He's able to stay home alone. Um, it's super, super cool what, what he can do now. Go to baseball games have a life go up north to their cabin so he's they're probably my two most extreme uh, stories it, you, so the end of that kind of made me think about um there's always a debate between like are we our minds are we something else are we our body like the and, and the whole mind body connection so do you see that often i mean obviously you know you talked about the increased blood circulation helping cognitive behavior but do you or improvement i guess do you see that mind-body connection more directly with with the people you work with i see it a lot and what i see the first thing that lifts is depression okay Um, so once they get in the water especially if they've been inactive for any period of time the first thing that happens is most of their medications i have to send them back to the doctor to get their medications adjusted because that circulation changes um, a, a lot of the level of meds they need to be on, mm-hmm. um, especially if we're working on endurance and stamina. So blood pressure medications come down, cholesterol medications typically come down, pain medications come down. So that all of the side effects of those medications are varied for a lot of people. But when, when you reduce the medication, you reduce the side effects. So their world opens up. And then I do crazy things like um, I have three guys right now with back fusions. Okay. Two totals and one partial fusion. And I make sure they come to me kind of back to back. So I'll have one at one o'clock, one at two o'clock, one at three o'clock. So or I overlap them so they become friends. Okay. Because these people all feel alone. So yeah. I try to connect them so they now have a buddy. And then they start coming at this. So, well, you don't mind if I come when, you know, so-and-so's here. No, I don't mind. Come. Yeah. And then, and then they, because they feel alone. You know, a lot of, some of the population I work with live alone, you know, and, and they've got nobody. So I, that's my other, so I have a number of roles. Fitness, psychology. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, you know, I'm their sounding board, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, but it's cool because I, I see people connect Yeah. You know, in that 50 and up environment, they, they connect and make friendships and keep coming. And my thing is adherence, you know, they're, they can't always rely on me, right? I want them to remain independent. Right. So I want them to form friendships and live a full life, not just worry about that knee replacement, that hip, that you know, fall, you know, they're worried about falling. Well, come on, let's get you back into balance and move on. Yeah. Go 
take that trip to Paris. Go do whatever's on your bucket list. Do it. What do we need to do? What's our goal today? You know? Yeah, right. You know, I. Um, so yeah. Fun. Let me turn this light on, by the way. I mean, you can. I it keeps getting slightly darker where I am as well because there's a there's a thunderstorm rolling in, just a little bit at a time. <laughs> there, is that better? I got right over my head. A little different. I don't know. Any it's okay. Off doesn't matter. It's it's fine either way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's 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 an interesting place where I where I am. That one, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know that, like, I have a coach for, I do triathlon predominantly, although we're kind of thinking about some different goals for this year moving on. But I know that throughout my kind of sporting career, like, my coach has been my confidant because they, I mean, like, much like you see all of your clients go through these struggles, like, there's a very, uh, I don't know if raw is the right word, but an unfiltered, amount of struggling that goes on, be it through rehabilitation or through just normal athletic endeavor. Um, I went through a little bit of rehabilitation myself after I shattered my collarbone in a race last year. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, ouch, kind of, I hit the pavement. Um, by the time I got in the ambulance, the adrenaline was starting to wear off. And fortunately before the pain really started to set in. Then I was on pain medication. So I didn't get a whole lot of that, at least the initial shock right. uh, <laughs> because of the response. But um, yeah, so it's just, it's cool to see you kind of playing, I'll say matchmaker with mm -hmm. friendships. Cause I know I see, you know, even people my age being like, how do I make friends as an adult? You know, when you're in school, you're kind of forced into this group and you make friends, but then like once we're out here, now what <laughs> right right well I've, I've you know what realized over time is that i've always connected people mm -hmm. always i i'm like oh wait you should meet them because they have this in common with you and what i see in the in this population i work with is a lot of fear fear of um fear of i'm never going to recover from this mm -hmm. um fear of oh my gosh i'm unsteady on the stairs and I'm afraid I'm going to fall. So I'm going to move and they make these drastic decisions. So a lot of it is fear driven. And then once they're around somebody else that um, is, has experienced it or is positive, they try not to connect negative to negative, you know, mm -hmm. and then um, they work through it and they realize a they're not alone in their thinking, um, their, how they're living, what their fears are and B, they can um, together with somebody else, maybe, you know, have a, have a workout buddy. You know, yeah. I know it'd be better if I have my girlfriend calling me going, are you going to work out at five 30 in the morning? Oh man, I've had a week. All right, fine. And, and I go, you know, if I'm left to my own, I'm going to hit that snooze 15 more minutes sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm tired. You know, it's, it's, you know, our, our training world is exhausting. But yeah. I need to take care of me too. But sometimes, you know, trainers need accountability people. And I tell my people that and they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, well, you think we're any different than anybody else? We're not. Yeah. You know, I still have laundry to do and groceries to buy. And, you know, I still have to stay in my life mm -hmm. and I need my people to keep me. So I try to set them up 
where they have support, you know? Yeah. So, I, I think sometimes there's uh, a little bit of difference between like, say, hyperactive people. And I don't mean hyperactive in the terms of like they're bouncing off the walls, but I mean like somebody who can work out 20 hours a week, like a professional athlete, but compared to like a normal person. But I think the vast majority of active people have built a habit. It's not that they're like fundamentally different people. It's that right. they, they, you know, they got through those initial stages of like, I don't like this or whatever, found some kind of joy. That's why I often find with the people I talk to, they say, I do it because I like it. Uh-huh. And, and then getting to the point where it's like, okay, well, this is a habit now, or this is part of who I am. And it just perpetuates itself. Right. Right. And, and that's the habit that I try to get people involved in. Mm-hmm. I have a woman in, in my classes. She started several years ago. I'm trying to get her to be an instructor. And she's 70 and she could instruct. Mm-hmm. And um, she came into my class and told me how much she hated exercise. Nothing wrong with her. She's perfectly able-bodied. Mm-hmm. She just, she worked behind a desk at home. She was an editor, you know, in her own home. She needed to get out. She needed exercise where she was going to end up on medications mm-hmm. and um, she wasn't really overweight, but she did need to lose a few pounds, nothing major, but she came to me and said, I hate exercise. You need to understand. I hate it. <laughs> I said, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> and she is, um, she works out five days a week minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants her class, how she wants it. She was really funny. Well, mm-hmm. I think you should do this and this and this and this. <laughs> this is why I want her to be an instructor. But she's somebody who never exercised in her life and hates doing it on land. Mm-hmm. And she she loves aquatic exercise. And she came to me not too many months after she started because she found her bicep. Look at look at I have a bicep now. <laughs> you know, we celebrated her success. She found a bicep. You know, so it's it's like the gamut of, I see the gamut of things. But everybody's success is to be celebrated. Yeah, and you know, and I, I feel like, t- to me, this is a truism in my own life. And we'll see how what you think about it. But I always say, um, so like not everybody can be, you know, I often talk to some very competitive athletes. I'm talking professional athletes, high-level amateurs not everybody can be world champion, right? Mm -hmm. That's what makes it special. But I think about in terms of our own personal aptitudes, progress is happiness. Right. So I don't know if you feel the same way about that. I do. And I tell people all the time because they want to go from zero to 60. Okay. Well, did you, you know, you were born. Did you walk? How long before you walked? Mm-hmm. You know, what did you have to do to get there? You know, you want to learn to um, type. How long is that going to take? I mean, you know, think about think about how long it takes to learn something. This is not going to happen overnight. It's it's um, little bits consistently. You know, focus. Well, and sometimes maybe you're going to work out. It's not going to be focused. But yeah. You know, it's it's it's. Um, consistent movement in the right direction, right? Surround yourself with the people that are going in your direction and just keep moving forward. You will get there Mm -hmm. and you will 
keep your life. You know, you'll be able to fly off and see whoever you want to see and travel and pick up a grandkid or, you know, play golf or ride your bike. Or, you know, I have, I have people, I have a lady that now is in hip surgery right now. Two years ago, she's in her 80s. She was sliding off a slide off a houseboat and she was body surfing in the ocean mm-hmm. in her 80s. I'm another lady right now. She's 89, learning to swim, relearning to actually swim strokes. Mm-hmm. She wants to do it. It's on her bucket list. All right. Well, let's go, Nancy. Because <laughs> <laughs> she can't hear me. <laughs> But she's a great visual learner. Yeah. She's she's learning. Her buoyancy is completely different now. She's in her, she's 89 years old. You know, she said, I swam great when I was 60. Okay, well, there's a couple years. (laughs) A couple years have gone by, you know, but we'll, we'll figure it out. And we have, you know, and her again, her wall right now is fear. So I've got to drag her out into the deep end of the pool and get her over that and she'll yeah be sure it's gonna be okay and yeah. everything but she will has be to fine trust me first yeah she trust, she, you know she's got to let go of that first so it's it's interesting it, it's so it's it's so rewarding though because every day she comes she leaves walking a little taller look at me i did that yeah well it seems like i mean just like from it if you're watching on youtube you can see <laughs> You see Debbie and how much she's smiling, like when she's talking about all these people. But it's like, obviously, you, you know, love what you do. Uh, and it seems like, I mean, I was curious. I think you kind of touched on this, that like your own personal struggle kind of led you down this path. It, it, but I was curious about like, now it's easy to see, okay, all these people are very positively affected by what you do. And it's like, you can see the joy and kind of share in that. But was your own personal struggle the entire reason that you decided to go like i'll say medically based training like helping people with issues versus just working with say athletes or or people that just want to get fit but don't have any kind of medical limitations it um okay so i've done both which is uh-huh. interesting. when i i um um i was when i was married my ex-husband and i while we were married we started a lacrosse program at lake orion high school okay so that was the first program though we started one and we started coaching when we lived in maryland we started a, a program in um, new jersey with the pal league a girls program we started the girls program in lake orion so that was the basis for my nasm personal training cert was okay. because of my athletes right but and i had already been working in pools for a long time i took a little hiatus and um then went back to it um now intentionally i work with this population 50 and up and here's why i mean i can work with young athletes i it doesn't really matter it's all the same method of training you just change it by age and goals Mm -hmm. um it's not total rocket science but the 50 and older population especially 60s and 70 year olds that are sandwiched they have parents got they have grandkids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they want somebody older that understands what you know arthritis in their hand is, or repetitive strain injuries, or shoulder pain, or knee pain, or you know road stuff. They they want to know that their trainer understands. They mm-hmm. don't want to 
20-year-old, 30-year-old that's just going to pound me because they can't. It's not that they can do the exercise, but the intensity might need to come down for some, mm. not all. Um, and they want to stay in their life. So it's super rewarding to work with them because mm-hmm. they're motivated. You know, I want to, I'm struggling walking and I'm going to Paris. That was just one of my clients that just flew off today. Mm-hmm. She went to Paris today. So we worked together for like two months, really got her. She's been working out, but it wasn't fully focused. Uh-huh. In the late stages of recovering from a knee injury, couldn't do stairs. I'm like, girl, you've got to do stairs to go to Paris. There's a lot of walking. There's a lot of walking. <laughs> So you are going to be all over those stairs and, and she's, she's gone. I can't wait till she comes back, you know? So it's, it's really cool to, to work with them. I just, you have to see them, you know, I, I just, let me go back. So in my life, my father was injured um, horribly as a teenager. So mm-hmm. he's 19 and burned severely when he was told he would never do all these things. Walk, have children, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's all a lie. He's done it all. Um, so I learned early on what that perseverance was, I guess. So I had him as an example and had very active um, relatives in my family. Then I had the sedentary grandparents, a set of sedentary grandparents. And there's a huge difference in how you live your life when you're sitting on the couch watching it go by waiting. And you're out doing what you can do and how you can do it. Even if you have to do it differently. You can exercise. You just might have to do it differently. I don't care if you're 150 pounds overweight. I mean, I've had that lady lose 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. But you can work out. You just do it differently. That's all. And then keep going and you'll be amazed at where you end up if you just don't quit. So my other thing I tell them all the time is, we know what happens when you quit. We know what that outcome is. You never mm-hmm. know what happens if you just try one more time. Yeah. You know, just get up and try. Find a buddy to drag you here when you don't feel it coming. Call me. Text me. I'll get you up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text you in the morning. Come on, sunshine. Let's go. <laughs> you know, but if you quit, we, we know it's going to happen. You know, yeah. everything's going to fall apart. Right. I think now I've got, like I, I think I mentioned, I have guys with um, rods in their backs and a lot of artificial joints, you know, is where where this whole orthopedic industry is going. My question is, what's going to happen to these people if they stop moving? Those mm-hmm. joints are heavy. I see people in the water get an artificial joint and come back in. And now in deep water, with a deep water running belt on, they're up to their chin. Mm-hmm. We're adding buoyancy to some of our equipment so they're comfortable. Yeah. Modifying equipment to make them able to exercise. And then they go back and get another hip or another knee. Or a, you know, I've got people with two hips, two knees, and a rod in her leg. My lady who was surfing a couple years ago, body surfing. Yeah. She's now getting her second hip, which she's had two knees, a rod in her leg. And uh, we've already added buoyancy. So I'm already trying to figure out what I'm going to do with her. <laughs> <laughs> because, 
she's she's gonna be too happy for the the belt she uses yeah. and she's gonna to fix it can you fix this i'm not done you know yeah god love her her and her pink hair yeah right <laughs> you know i mean how are you gonna tell them no you know and these are some of the people i'm surrounded by and it just makes you more excited to help them yeah you know, and keep them going i mean she still travels independently lives independently travels independently she's not stopping yeah well it just seems like you have like like you said are, are a really motivated population um, I saw on your Instagram, you had posted this graphic about the cycle of inactivity where you start as an inactive child, you become an inactive adult, and it's just this kind of vicious cycle. I mean, there's only there's only one Debbie. So, I mean, how do we, like, how do we break the cycle if we can't just, like, clone you to come to everybody's house and, and motivate everybody to get up? Uh, how do we break the cycle? Um, like I said, pairing people up. And I have an awesome, um, I really have an awesome counterpart, a, a girl I work with all the time. I love her to death. And she's very much like me. And I drug her into my world. And I tell her, you're coming in here for a reason. You know, you, you are great. She does the same thing I do, water and land. Mm-hmm. I go, this is, these people are a gift. And she trains a bunch of other places still, like I used to. Mm-hmm. But she keeps gravitating more and more and more to to what we're doing. And, you know, we need more people that are, are willing to learn and do it differently. So it's, you know, um, we have a, a whole gamut of people that are want to be active. Um, they're, they're not cut out for um, CrossFit. They're not cut out for, you know, some of these great programs. I love those programs. But... But they can still work and they can do their own CrossFit and their own strenuous stuff. I work my people. My people work. Really yeah. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> I push them. And, but they, they love it. I mean, they do a lot of athletic-based training in the water. Example, I use the lane lines in the bottom of the pool like you would a ladder on the ground in okay. the, on a field. And they do all kinds of agility over those lane lines. Uh-huh. And I watch them get out of the pool. And some that are taking baby steps are now taking huge, big, real strides. You know, we work on that kind of stuff. oppositional movement, you know, because they, they lose it when they get older and fearful. They yeah. In your arms when you walk. You don't think about that. But now go out into the world and watch people much older walk. And you'll see they're very stiff. Well, I break that yeah. with all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, they start bouncing up the stairs. And So I, when I work with other instructors, you know, this is the stuff I tell them. You know, if you don't focus on anything else, just focus on basic rhythm. Mm-hmm. Rhythming movement. Getting them to take bigger steps. And, and, and then they're going to keep asking for more. Yeah. Which is cool. Motivating. So, so I, I kind of wonder, you, I mean, you have, you have like a ton of certifications. You get your own thing. Are you going to, and you mentioned CrossFit, like CrossFit's become this huge thing. So I kind of think about a couple of things. One, we're not going to run out of older people with mobility issues or people with mobility issues. There is only one Debbie, or at least right now. 
but you're figuring it's it out. And, yeah, and you're doing your own thing, but like, are you, you know, are you going to try to, is there any thought about expanding Waters the New Gym and trying to like certify people and, and kind of help it spread? Yes, there is. Um, <clears throat> there is my dream, quite honestly, is to end up with like a HydroWorks pool okay. where there's a treadmill on the bottom and I can get like my quadriplegic client walking independently and she can see that she can do that. She can hang on the rails and walk. You know, you can, um, she's not the only one I have like that. I mean, I, I've got, you know, Parkinson's people. I'm starting with an MS lady who's been in a wheelchair for over a year. I'm like, if you want to get on your feet, we got to get you going now mm-hmm. and just start pushing those MS symptoms back. I had an aunt with MS, so that's something very near and dear, dear to me. Um, but getting them in um, a specific pool where I'm not always working around classes and things. Mm-hmm. And then have a, a, you know, we don't live in the water, so we have to be able to do things on land. So my dream is to have a hydroworks pool and then next to it a land gym with like stacked weight equipment. So if you're in a wheelchair, you can still, you know, row and pull and push and, you know, you can get your exercise even if you have to be sitting, um, you know, with some cardio equipment. So get them from water to land to water to land because mm-hmm. you have to live here. You're going to get up. You're going to go get your breakfast. You're going to go to bed. You're going to take a shower. And everybody wants to remain independent. Yeah. We can't move all those things into the pool. But we can use the pool to get you stronger so that your daily activities and beyond are easier and better. Yeah. That's my well, how we get there. I don't know. I need, hey, I need But that's a that's a great goal. That's somebody. a great goal. Yeah, well, but the, the, I always say like anytime I talk to so I run two businesses and anytime I talk to like fellow entrepreneurs, like there's this kind of saying that goes around that if you have a goal and you know how to get there, your goal is not big enough. Right. So right. I think that's a great goal because it, it, like you said before, you said yourself, if you just keep moving forward one day at a time with that end goal in mind, like you'll get there and you don't always know how you're going to get there, but you just keep going forward and you'll, you'll get there eventually. So I, I hope you do. I hope you do. Yeah, I do. I hope so too. I mean, you know, it's, it's just incredible the people that it's incredible. And I, I teach now, I, I teach at a retirement, I'm at a couple of retirement communities where I'm on land and I do strength and balance classes and I push them, you know, I, I push them and, um, you know, it's just interesting. Um, I hate to see people give up. That's yeah. my thing. Don't yeah. get, don't go to the couch. Come on, let's go. You can do a little bit, yeah. you know. And a lady with Parkinson's who could only stand for 30 seconds, 30 seconds, shaking, just had to sit back down. She, um, we dance. <laughs> she, her goal was to be able to go to her grandson's wedding mm-hmm. and walk. And she did. That was her goal. We made her goal. And we still keep her, keep her going. I mean, she's, she's amazing. Block stand. She she does she does all kinds of things that she didn't used to be able to do. Yeah, and, and is that the is that the lady you have the videos of on your Instagram? No, uh, 
uh, do I have videos of her? Maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. I might have videos of her. I think I have videos too of my seniors like band rowing together. Yeah, I saw that. I, I part, it's how somehow I partner them up. <laughs> <laughs> they're so funny. Yeah, they're great. I do that too. You just got to keep them safe and, you know, they, they love it. They don't want to be treated like they have to sit in a chair. Well, no, and I think that's something like, uh, I, you know, I'm still fairly young in the in the grand scheme of life, but I think, you know, as I talk to more people and kind of get a broader perspective of things, I think and sympathize with like older people I see, and try to envision them as like my age or younger, and and remember that they're, you know, we see them in this 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 like photograph of time, this moment of time where they're this age, but it's like they had to have lived a number of years before that. They're not just who they are now. They are who they were before and all of those experiences. So it's like, clearly they don't want to be like patronized, you know, do, like, do you want to be patronized now? No. Why would you then? <laughs> right. Well, what's, what's amazing is their stories are incredible. Uh, and I love hearing your story. So I ask them, that's the first thing I do when I'm working with them is what's your history? Where did you grow up? Where did you come from? Were you in the military? You know, did you go to college? What kind of job did you have? You know, I ask them a million questions and um, it's interesting because one of my clients was on the beaches of Normandy and D-Day. Mm -hmm. One of my clients was um, a, well, and the one that was on the beaches, he just died a year ago. But um, another one, still alive, he um, was a medic in the Battle of the Bulge. He still occupies them. Mm -hmm. um, still stands military pastor. I'm like my slouching pastor right here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, another one uh, flew bombers in um, World War II. Mm -hmm. So he dropped bombs on Hiroshima. Um, crazy then went on to become uh, a um, principal a through the school systems in Detroit became a big shot uh, still counseled people and he's 99 years old and he's still counseling people amazing um, my my lady I was talking about who can only stand for 30 seconds she was a speech language pathologist so okay. talking to her and what she used to do and I use some of her techniques that she used on mm -hmm. her. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's um, gotta turn it around. Yeah, well, but it, you know, it's just because of the state of with Parkinson's comes dementia, and the last part of the brain that goes rhythmic, and um, she's not that far gone, but she has moments where she's not real clear. So I'll use rhythm and song and different things to bring her back around and then move forward. So that's why I say I have to zig and zag sometimes mm -hmm. with what I'm doing to keep them moving and motivated. But um, their stories are incredible. But one lady told me, I don't see that lady in the mirror. When I look in the mirror, that's not what I see. Meaning she was, she was in her late 70s, 80. She didn't see an 80-year-old person. Not what she saw. So she's telling me, I don't see what other people see when they look at me. I see somebody much younger. Like, who mm -hmm. is that old lady? And that always stuck with me. They don't want to be obsolete, and they don't want to be old. Yeah. And they fear they're obsolete because technology, 
things like that. So if you watch somebody that's um, 70s or 80s um, or has any kind of, you know, dementia, Alzheimer, a lot of things we're seeing now, if you watch them watch TV, they'll turn away. I watch people a lot and they turn away because TV is so fast. It just zips on by. Now, yeah. turn on an old black and white show and see how slow that moves. Turn on TV now. Zip, 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 yeah. zip. Quick, 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 quick. And it's overwhelming. Yeah. And they fear they're obsolete. So if you take away the fear and that fear of being obsolete and get them, I found, this is my MO, I get them to share with me their life and the things that they um, find exciting and kind of build on that, then they're ready to go. And then I find people that have similar interests. Oh, have you met Susie? Have you met, you know, Betty? Mm -hmm. you know, they, they just go, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds, it sounds really cool. Um, and we are running out of time here. Wait, so I want to get, I want to give you an opportunity, even though we both profess to being terrible at social media, if, if people want to find you, see what you're doing, kind of figure out more about Waters and New Gym, where can they find you? Um, well, on my Facebook, Waters and New Gym, um, but probably really under more of my personal one, uh, Debbie Recknagel Goose. Um, you can find it. They're both linked together. Uh, my Instagram, uh, Debbie Booth, uh, Debbie underscore Booth, Water yeah. is a New Gym. Um, my website, Water is a New Gym. So all of them have links to the others. So if you just even just go to my website, you'll find the rest. And yes, I need to update. Gosh, you put the pressure on me to do that. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's my least favorite thing in the world. Uh, yeah. you, hey, you just keep focusing on what you do yeah. to get somebody else to do the website. Oh, I know, right? I do. I've got to find somebody to start doing that for me. But yeah. anyway, this has been great. Yeah. Thanks for coming on today, Debbie. Thank you very much.